Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Welcome to Real Jam Radio. I'm Daniel Lurie, your host, and so happy to be with you for this episode. This is more of a bonus episode than a true full one, but it's something that I do every year and do really enjoy. I have a conversation with Eric Benish, who is senior producer of NBA 2K18. He's been involved with the 2K basketball games for a long time now, and we go all over the board. We talk about the new neighborhood feature of my player. I am a big fan of my GM and my league. He is in that same way, so we actually geek out on some CBA stuff for a little while, and we get into everything about making the game. And as is kind of tradition at this point, because it's the launch week and they have a lot going on, it's on the shorter end. That's why I consider this a bonus podcast as opposed to a full-fledged one, which will come later in the week. But this is about 20 minutes. Hope you really enjoy it. I love talking about the 2K games, and I'm. it's always fun to really get some notes into the process and what they're looking forward to and everything like that. So here's the conversation. Runs about 20 minutes. Hope you enjoy it. Thank you so much for coming on. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. So a lot that that you've added in this year, I think what you guys have been focusing on, and I remember years ago we talked about that you said that my player was the most used mode, is that is how you've changed it with the neighborhood feature. So I wanted to start out there because I figured that's where you'd want to start. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, my career is easily our most popular feature of the game. It's where we devote most of our, our time in the game. Uh, and the addition of the neighborhood this year, really, it really takes the mode to the next level. When we look back at what our fans have been asking for the last you know, couple of years, it's always, you know, hey, I want to play my career with my friends. And if you kind of take a step back from that, that's a really hard thing to, to process because, you know, do you, do you want them to come into your career? Do you want to go into their career? Everybody has these independent careers where they're trying to become the best player in the NBA. And our concept the neighborhood is um, we all live in the same world. Like you have a house in this neighborhood and your friends have a house in this neighborhood. Everyone else in the world all lives there, all trying to participate in this world on the same journey to become the best player in the NBA. And the neighborhood is a great place for people to get together, have a good time, play games with their friends, um, you know, play playground games, just a really fun time. Well, and the, and the idea of doing a lot of the actions within the mode itself, making it not, not entirely an open world, but closer to that, is another way of engaging people in the world that you created. Absolutely. There's so much you can do inside the neighborhood. Um, I mean, we've all seen the videos. You can, you know, go to the NBA store and buy gear for your favorite team. But you can also go to the Tuesday Zone, where there's a number of, you know, VC earning opportunities through trivia, through Daily Pick'em, where you predict two wins today's NBA game, you get VC. Uh, there's like a little mini basketball, kind of a pop a shot type of a game in there. Uh, there's one-on-one games scattered all throughout uh, the neighborhood. There's just, it's a really rich and diverse area. And what we're playing, you know, internally is, it's really cool to come out of a game, go to the agent's office, uh, you know, pick up your endorsement check. You can look around, you can see other people, like, right across the street, you can see people running on the treadmill just in the exercise, really trying to get up their stamina for their next game. It's just a, it's a really cool thing that you don't feel like you're alone anymore. You can play with your friends, you can play it by yourself. There's so many ways to play my career in NBA 18 here. Well, and it's interesting because I know I experience games a little bit differently than some people, but I know that there's this desire to make it a social experience and that I, I, I sh- I'm sure that's one of the big elements that you're going for. Yeah, it's definitely a balance of social experience and still giving you the core component that you as a user are seeking. And one really additional thing I want to point out for this year is it's kind of all one world. And what I mean by that is, is you know, last year we had your, your overall rating in your time career. 
And then when you went into my park, you had rep. And then over in Prime, you just had, you know, your own little elite level over there. And this year, it's all one. Anything you do, you're all gaining towards, you know, becoming that 99-rated player, which we're calling the road to 99. So when you're playing in my career games in the NBA, you know, you're earning experience to level yourself up. When you go to Pro-Am, you're earning experience to level yourself up. When you play playground games, or to the venue, which is going to host special events throughout the year. Everything is one world. You're all, we're all on the same currency. You know, how do we go to becoming a 99-rated player? Whereas last year, everything was very disjointed. This year, it's very... Yeah, it's an interesting way, and I think that'll increase engagement just in, tr- in terms of... Because if you throw it all together, then it, it goes in one place. As you know, my passion in the 2K games, beyond just playing games themselves, is more on the GM side of it, so my GM and my league. And from what I could tell, you had a blog on it that I read and, and numerous other things. What's, one of the things that's interesting is that you've generally, those modes have kind of run together in recent years, that you separated them out and created different experiences for 2K18. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, like you just mentioned, my GM and my league are kind of, the line between them is very much blurred. And uh, we really set out to kind of separate them. I mean, you know, my league is fun, really engrossing kind of franchise experience. And I wanted my GM to go back to the vision uh, that we kind of set out for it four years ago with 2K14. And so this year, we're really a fun approach by making it, you know, a story-driven narrative inside a franchise mode, which I don't, I can't say with, you know, definition, but I, I don't know if there's ever been another console franchise game that's ever tried anything like that. Um, in, in today's world, there's an increasing number of, of sports games that are having, you know, story narratives in their career. Uh, and, you know, they're all following the lead that we set with our My Career Mode, which is uh, but I want to set a new benchmark by doing it. And that can be very difficult because, you know, franchises are, I want to trade for this guy. I want to sign this guy. I want to cut this guy. And it's really hard to mold a narrative around an environment where the user can just everything. And we spent a good amount of time, more than just this year, trying to come up with, you know, kind of a, a narrative that just works in this case where it's independent of, you know, a lot of actions that the user may do on the court. It surrounds your owner. It surrounds your, your staff. Um, other GMs, your players, like it, it's a really engrossing and enriching thing that I, I really think people are going to enjoy once they get in there and have a good time with it. Well, and from my perspective, one thing that's intriguing me about it, and I remember back in 2K14 spending some time with it, is that there are greater complications. It's one of the things that I can get to see with my life a little bit, that there are greater complications in terms of running a front office than just making the moves in the trades. And so if it can incorporate some of that, then you can, people who maybe are a little bit less in tune with that world can get a better sense of what it's like. I certainly hope so. And it's meant to be lighthearted. This isn't, you know, your type of story where someone dies or people are just trying to backstab you left and right. It's a little more lighthearted, a little more on the other side of the My Career coin, which is just about you becoming this great NBA player. This is about you as a GM and some of the trials and tribulations that you might face in such a role. So it's definitely, we're putting it out there. We're seeing what our fans think about it. I personally had a great time playing it once we were finally done and done. Uh, even though I knew all the twists and turns, it was still fun for me. Um, so I'm definitely interested to see what feedback from our fans is like this year. Well, and that's always, of course, a part of the process is that you you can spend the time with it, but you have to see what, what people do. And that's really, I'm sure, what led to, with, with my career mode, what led to a lot of the changes there. Definitely. It's a new way to play. And then sometimes, you know, adjusting and change can be different. You know, so uh, <laughs> decided to, to deliver something new for us. Uh, for... I, I know that the CBA stuff and the nuance is something that, that you have a passion for, which is always so amusing to me that somebody who has the power you have with 2K happens to have a passion for it. And I was really excited to see how that was a part of the new game in terms of the G League, in terms of getting things like two-way contracts right, because you know now it's going to be a lot closer to the way that the league is. And also you had, of course, the challenges of dealing with the new collective bargaining agreement. Yeah, 
yeah, the new CBA had a lot of twists and turns, uh, a lot of things that kind of stomped on some of the fundamentals we had for player signings. There's a lot of buzzwords that, that you know, were thrown about this summer that we have in the game, like uh, Supermax contracts. I mean, we know Curry got one, Harden got the extension. I mean, those are out there. Um, there's all, all the, everything changed. Like, those things that people just, you know, they have no idea, like exception amounts, like the mid-level exception is, is going to increase rapidly in um, the next couple of years. Uh, rookie scale contracts are going to be increasing a lot. Uh, but it's being phased in like over a three-year period. So when you're playing my league, you're actually going to see that phasing in, you know, 2017, I'm sorry, 2018, 2019, 2020. Uh, and we, everything the NBA gave us, like we, we incorporated into the game to make the most realistic uh, thing possible. Um, the over 36 rule, it's now the over 38 rule. Roster minimums are, are different. You know, we added the stretch provision. The new timeout rules during the game, like the trading deadline moved up, what was it, like 10 days? It's before the All-Star break now. Um, we added player early termination options, two-way contracts like you said, we added the Ted Stepien rule, which doesn't allow you to trade your first round pick two years in a row. We just went off on making this the most authentic NBA experience possible. Well, it's something the two of us have talked about in the past is that also putting in that time at, at any point, but especially now in the first year of the CBA, allows that stuff to be in there for wherever you decide to go with all these modes in the future. So now you have that foundation and you can go where you want with it, you know, in future iterations. I mean, foundation, right? You can you can build on everything from there. You know, for example, we added free agent moratorium in this year. Oh, yes, And right. this is obviously that phase where, you know, teams can talk to players, but they can't officially sign contracts until the moratorium lifts and the next fiscal year starts. Um, and so we have that in the game this year where you can go out and negotiate. They're going to say, hey, this is a great offer. I can't really sign it until they want a free agency, but, you know, I really like your offer and I'm probably going to agree to it. That's a good wrinkle. I would call that one a building block for this year. You know, it's something we, we got started on. And we I think we got really far on, and it's just something we'll continue to grow on. Um, and there's so much other stuff we added this year. It's hard to cover everything. We added, like, drafting stash this year. That's right. So you can, you know, draft players who might be playing overseas for a couple of years, but you can retain their rights until, uh, until they're able to come join you at the NBA. Well, you can trade you... draft rights during yeah, that's what I was draft say. this year. Yeah, that's another really fun one. I think those two paired together uh, make the draft a lot more fun. Well, yeah, because that was always a challenge. I'm sure it was just a mechanical issue was, you know, once a guy was picked that you couldn't really make that move. But as, as that's a big part of the NBA as it exists right now is you, you have the ones where it's kind of preordained, but then you also have the ones where it happens at the time. Definitely. And it's hard to value those players because they're, they're, uh, they're drafted during their pick, but they don't have contracts, which is always like one of the value, you know, mo- you know monikers in our game is, is what the guy's rating versus potential versus salary. Uh, and, and I just feel like our trade logic was really loose in the drafts. So I think we kind of really tightened that up and pairing all of that with these additions really makes the draft a lot more compelling than, than it has been. Well, I've had a lot of fun talking for about 10 minutes about a lot of the modes, but we haven't talked at all about the actual gameplay, and I figure we should spend some time doing that as well. I'll just leave it open to you. What are you proud of most in that direction? On gameplay? Okay, so the uh, so the guys that work on the gameplay here, they're really, like, in my opinion, like next level. The thing that I really take away from it this year is we have a new motion engine in the game. Uh, it's actually a motion matching system that allows you to... Basically, it's a system that's rewritten for feel. In previous years, it's kind of hard to explain. You really have to put your hands on the controller to feel it. But in previous years, you might you know, perform a, a move or an animation with your player, and you were, I don't want to call it locked into that animation until it was done, but your control was really restricted. Uh, this year, with the motion matching, we're basically creating animations on the fly so that you can change you know, your mind at any time, and you just have more responsive control, more feedback of your player. And you know, for anyone who's picked up our NBA 2K18 The Prelude demo, which is out now, they'll understand 
exactly what I'm talking about. It's, it's something that really, it's seeing, it's one of those seeing as believing features. Uh, the other one that the guy said that really impressed me is when you have a simplified shot mechanic this year with like an emphasis on responsiveness and release timing. Uh, last year, we kind of had an aiming mechanism and I personally enjoyed it, uh, but there was a lot of hubbub in the community about what a green release is and should that go in every time. And the guys just really went back to the, the basics and the foundation of coming up with a shooting unit and a shooting system that gives the user feedback and makes the game a little more skill-based while still being enjoyable. Yeah, I think from what I, I've played a little bit with the Prelude in the in the 2KU mode, and what I've noticed is the pick-and-roll mechanics are different and better because before you could kind of get locked into an animation, and so if the guy set a good screen, then all of a sudden you get into that. And I'm sure there were people, because I don't play as much online that that were probably just gaming the system to try to get those animations and so if it's more fluid then that makes it a little bit more balanced definitely like on the even back on the offensive side the cpu ai has just been like taken to another level this year you know and his team have just been working nonstop on trying to make the, the players and teams play you know exactly like they do in real life and on the same token scott O'Gallagher and his team have been doing the same thing on defense where on defense also gets to take advantage of the new motion engine uh, this year and for me personally like my takeaway people ask me like well, what do you feel is different with uh the defense of the ai side and i feel like the reason feel way more natural to me i know if you ask those guys um they would talk about deep strides and defensive ai our new system proficiency feature which uh this actually plays a lot in my gmi league which you know the passion for both of us is uh, you can't just put a bunch of good players on a team and expect them to work together you know certain players work in work better in different kinds of defensive systems so you can look at each player and we rate them individually on how they are in each system so if you're you know going to go to free agency and sign a guy who doesn't really fit your coach's system he's still going to be a really good player for your team but you're not going to be getting everything you can um, and that was a big thing on defense. Even in, even when you're playing a quick game, just trying to get guys who you know, really fit your team style is something you have to think about this year. Well, and that cohesive approach to team building, I mean, it just it just gets it closer to reality because the way that offenses and defenses flow, you know, you want to make sure you have players that fill niches and other things. And of course, there are spillover benefits depending on what you do. But that's that's the way to, to make to make the again foundational things to make the to make it all sync together a little bit better. Uh, that you know, this team's drive every year is to just continue to improve on the best looking, best selling NBA game in the market, and we just want to make it look and feel smarter every single year. And the job they've done this year, uh, to me, it feels like it was two years worth of effort this year. So I think anyone who tries the game is really going to enjoy it. Is there anything else to, that you're thinking that maybe, because of course there's coverage for a game like this, that, that you feel like hasn't been discussed enough or that you feel like deserves a little bit more shine? There's always, I mean, there's so much more. I mean, my team as a whole got like, you know, a complete reason. Um, we added 17 new classic teams to the game this year, which brings our roster of classics up to 62, I believe, a huge number. We added the 30 all-time teams, which is another 30 on top of those two. There's just so much new content in the game this year. It's just, it kind of blows my mind. We can, we can keep going on and on about all the different things that users can experience this year. The ha- and also, having all those players in through the all-time teams and everything else, that that opens up for the people who like to experiment. And I, I know I saw something about, like, for doing fantasy drafts, you can choose that only a single, like, iteration of a player is in there as opposed to having, like, 15 Michael Jordans in, in that draft class. Yeah, there's, uh, when you do a fantasy draft, you can choose what player pool you want them. Like, I just want a fantasy draft from current NBA players or I want to draft classic players. And you can definitely choose, we call it like a duplicate player picker. And you can turn that on and yeah, there won't be basically seven Michael Jordans in your fantasy draft, uh, which is a really cool way to 
and keep it a little more thin, I guess is what you would say. Yeah, one of the ones I don't think you I don't think I've ever told you this. One of the ones that I do sometimes for a roster is I put classic players onto the team that I feel like they made the biggest impact on and then really fiddle with it there, which always gets into challenges with Will Chamberlain and a couple other guys. But you can really just have some fun incorporating those players and of course it tests the gameplay mechanics as well, just because you're incorporating a lot of talent and a lot of guys with different skill sets. Yeah, that's really cool. That's um, that's it sounds like it's not unlike uh, what the all time teams are. Yeah, that's probably yeah. true. Like, you, you can take all 30 all-time teams and put them into a My League and see, I guess, which team is the best all-time team ever. I'm sure it's it's early at this point, but so in the early part of this process, because obviously now you're you, the game is the game is done. Other than you know updates and all that sort of thing, are you already talking about 2K19, or is that is that do you kind of take a little take a beat to just go, okay, this is where we are? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of things going on. There's you know we've been talking 2K19 for a while. I mean, there's times in the gym where we come up with these great ideas and we stare at each other and it's like we can't we can't get this done in time. So we're just going to shelve this and start on 2K19 as soon as we shift 2K18. Um, so that's awesome always ongoing. Um, <laughs> but there's also support for 2K18. You know, we have a big game this year, and it's a, re- it's a live game, and, like, there's new My Team cards coming all year long. Now, there's new events coming in the neighborhood all year long. And so for us, there's also the continued support of 2K18 and making sure that, you know, people who purchased the game this year are continuing to get new content all season long. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, you have to you have to make that challenge, and that is one big benefit of the kind of modern world of gaming is that it's not just like when we were growing up, where you get a game once, you get that cartridge, and then that's that's all it will ever be. Like now, they can you can improve things, you can change things. Of course, roster updates as well with an NBA game, and that's a challenge for the development teams too. Definitely. And uh, before we go, there's there's one feature I feel we didn't cover that that you and I can geek out on. I don't know how widespread the geek is going to be, but that is the analytics tool inside my league and my GM. Have you seen that, what I wrote in the blog? I did see that. Yeah, that was that was really interesting. So this is a fun feature. Not only in your league, you can take any stats you can think of, whether it be you know metric or just a plain stat, and you can plot them against each other uh, just to really get new types of information about players. And this really helps you when you know, signing free agents, when looking for trade targets. It's the single most robust scouting tool that's ever been put into a game. Uh, and I'm really excited to deliver it this year. But I think one aspect of it that hasn't been talked about yet is are you familiar with our start today feature where you can take your real world stats, standings, everything, and just like start on the current day of the season? Yes. Yeah, I I, ha- I am a familiar. So so can you incorporate that? You can incorporate that analytic stuff into that mode. Yes, absolutely. So whenever you start doing the NBA season, you can look at all of this season's NBA stats, and you can actually run those analytic tool reports used on the real NBA stats all season long, which is such a cool way to like look at how the current NBA season is going and see what information you can glean from it. Well, and that means because if you're if you can kind of create new tools and create new searches, then it can allow people to take what they're seeing in the game and interpret the interpret the real NBA on it, which is not usually the way you would think about it, but is definitely an interesting opportunity. That was absolutely one of the ideas with it when we kind of came up with this one was, you know, not only will it allow us to analyze, uh, you know, real NBA metrics and incorporate those in our game, but, you know, kind of kind of the other way around. And, and honestly, like, I, I think it's a tremendous scouting tool for NBA teams because all we have are the real stats and you can mix and match and make your own stats and graphs and plots to any stats you want. Very, like I said, it's very geeky, but it's pretty darn cool. That's awesome. And and again, it's, you know, the things that putting the thought into the game and trying things out that have never really been done before. So that's that's very, very cool. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know this this is 
busy. It's basically launch week for you guys because the early the early tip off is on the fifteenth, right? And then the full release is next week. Is that right? That is correct. Early tip off is for this Friday for anyone who pre ordered, and you can still go out and pre order. Full game releases next Tuesday on the nineteenth. Excellent. Well, thank you again for taking time. It's all, it's become a, a, a annual tradition. I really do look forward to. Uh, thank you so much, and we appreciate you, and we appreciate all the fans out there who continue to support us and allow us the opportunity to make all these great features and even nerdy ones like the analytics tool. Excellent. Thanks, Eric. Thanks again to Eric Benish for taking the time to come on. You can, of course, buy NBA 2K18 starting on Friday. The early release one comes out, and then it, it the full release is on Tuesday next week, which is September 19th. It's on a whole bunch of consoles. I don't I don't have the full list in front of me, but I do really enjoy doing this. You could call it a vanity podcast for me, but I've been a 2K fan for such a long time. To have the opportunity to pick Eric's brain about it is a thrill, and I think we do get into some of the details. Like if you read all the the blogs and stuff they put out, Operation Sports, Facebook, where they have them in various places, you'll have a pretty good sense of all this stuff, but a lot of people don't. And it's a really impressive product. I mean, I try not to gush over things that I don't love, but I do love this. So I I do in that way. And getting to talk with Eric about it is a thrill. So you can check it out for yourself when it comes out. And I will, as I said at the in the intro, have a full Real Jam Radio this week. As is tradition, I will not say what it is until we record it, but it, it should be in the next couple days. And it's already lined up and everything like that. And I like doing this as a kind of a separate thing because it is really a separate thing. And I could tack it on to the one that's coming out later this week, but it, it feels like its own thing. So that's why I did it this way. If you want any to provide any feedback, good, bad, or indifferent about the show, NBA at gmail.com, at Daniel on Twitter. Email's way better because it sticks in there. Twitter can be very ephemeral. And if you want to support the show, you can leave a rating, leave a review in the podcast player of your choosing. You can also subscribe, download every episode. Great thing to do with a podcast like this that comes out at inconsistent times because you, if you schedule it in that way, if you have it subscribed, then it'll just pop in there and you'll you'll see it when it comes in. And that's really great to do. The other thing you can do, even though I didn't have any technical sponsor reads on this podcast because it's kind of a special thing, you can still check out our sponsors. The most recent ones that I've been talking about are Bombfell. You can go to bombfell.com slash realgm, a really cool clothing company. I've been dealing with dealing with them now for a couple weeks and very impressed with their product. And if you go to bombfell.com slash realgm, $25 off your first order. Pretty cool. And FanDuel. I did Daily Fantasy for the first time. Those of you who want to hear how that went, you can listen to the podcast that comes out later in the week. But you can go to FanDuel.com, then the Join Now button, promo code REALGM, tells them you came from us, and you get an entry into a big money contest that they're doing. So you can definitely check all that stuff out as well. Thank you so much for listening. Take care, and make it a great day. How long does it take to tackle a home project? With Angie, you could cross it off your list before this ad is over. Just tell us what you need, indoor or outdoor, repair or redesign, and they handle the rest, sending a top pro to get it done. You don't have to lift a finger. 
Well, maybe except to tap the screen or click the mouse. Plus, Angie is free to use. So bring them your next home product and they will bring it home. Download the app or go to Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com to get started. Microsoft Surface Pro 8 has the power of a laptop and the versatility of a tablet all in one. It has a touchscreen and a newly designed signature keyboard that could even store your Surface Pen. Show the world how you stand out with Surface Pro 8. Check it out at surface.com slash surface pro eight.